0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: And welcome to Trundlebed Tales. And tonight is a first program, and hopefully we'll get enough of a good response that we'll do it again. Uh, But tonight is the um, first Almanzo Wilder on-air birthday party. Now, last year, I had requests to do an episode uh, for Almanzo's birthday like I did for Laura's, so I'm trying it out. I hope that tonight you'll share your favorite Almanzo stories, what you liked best of Malone, Spring Valley, DeSmet, Mansfield, any place Almanzo lived. And in honor of Almanzo's appetite, how about your favorite stories about Little House food? So, call in tonight and that brings us up to a little bit of housekeeping <laughs> and that means that i want to make sure that you know the number to call in now you can call in toll free 1877 6339389 that's toll free 633 or the regular number and the one that you'll have to use if you're calling internationally it's 714 242 5253 that's 714 242 I also have the chat room open, so you can comment through there. And if you are ever out and about when, we give a, or when we're give when we doing an episode and you want to listen, you can actually listen live through those same numbers. And if you don't catch an episode, remember you can always check back later to catch it on the archive. You can either stream it directly from the Blog Talk Radio site or you can download it for free from iTunes. The direct link is on my um, blog's Trendlebed Tales page. Or if you just go to iTunes and look under podcasts, you can find Trundle Bed Tales and you can download them all for free and take them with you. Now let me just give those numbers or uh, that toll free number one more time because I hope that we'll get some callers tonight about uh, Manzo and the number is one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. And for upcoming episodes I'm not exactly sure when it's going to be, but I am going to be doing a test episode i think I think I figured out what went wrong on the looking back looking forward episode, so we're going to try the cell phone thing again, but I'm gonna do it uh with a just a short little episode to make sure that basically to test it out and make sure I've got it straightened out now and uh also. Uh, come back on March 3rd, which is National Read Aloud Day, and I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do another chapter of Millbank, or if I'm going to do some of Paw's Big Green Animal book. So, if you have a special request for one or the other, go ahead and let me know. You can get in contact with me at info dot, uh, at com, through Facebook at our Trendlebed Tales page, and through Twitter at Trundlebed Tales. Or if you were uh, here in the chat rooms open, you can let me know now. But that should be about it for housekeeping. And that takes us in to uh, our episode. So happy birthday, Almanza Wilder. Almanzo James Wilder was born February 13th and is such a great I mean and I think he's one of the characters he's kind of quiet so he doesn't always get as much attention as other people he uh had was born in on the the his father's farm which is closer to Burke New York but is also Uh, pretty close to Malone, New York, which is the county seat. Uh, He lived there through all of his growing up years, and then as a young teenager, the family ended up settling permanently in Spring Valley, Minnesota. They were there a number of years, and then uh, Almanzo went further west and had uh, some rented land in western Minnesota and that's where he got his seed wheat developed up to the the weather and the conditions that he wanted to make sure that he didn't lose by selling that wheat seed off during the long winter uh they, then he and his older brother Almanzo and his older or I'm sorry his older brother Royal and his older sister Eliza Jane went out west and took claims near Desmet, South Dakota where he met his future wife Laura Ingalls, and after that, they made their best effort to make a go of it in Desmet, but Desmet threw just about everything she had at them, in South Dakota, and eventually, uh, he got sick. It was with diphtheria, and when he he never really fully recovered. Now we're not entirely sure if it was from that illness directly or if it was some other illness that they just kind of associated with starting at that time. But he was never quite as strong again, and he couldn't really take the winters anymore. They tried going back to his parents' place in eastern Minnesota in Spring Valley, uh, and when the winters there were still too too hard on him, they followed Laura's cousin Peter Ingalls down to Florida. It seemed to be good for Almanzo, health-wise, to be in the Florida climate, but it was not good for Laura. So they headed back up to Desmet, ready to try and start again, and they came down to Mansfield, Missouri, gem city of the Ozarks, land of the Big Red Apple. And after doing a whole multitude of jobs, trying to get the farm to be a paying uh, proposition, they finally ended up with over 200, well, around 200 acres of improved land, a 10-room farmhouse, and uh, some of the best horse flesh west of the Mississippi, and uh, some dairy goats and Laura's prize-winning flock of Leghorn chickens. And that is where uh, the the Wilders moving around from house to house still, but that area around Mansfield is where Amazo. Would spend the rest of his life where he passed away at age 92, and where he is still buried in the in the cemetery outside of Mansfield. So, El Manzo had uh, just as interesting of life as Laura. He was also well known for his ability to handle horses, and especially in his early years, for having a really big appetite. So one of the things that I think is really nice about uh, Elmanzo's story is how, uh, how much food they have in it. It's really kind of the whole thing is a love letter to food. A lot of times, as Laura was growing up with the Ingalls family, they really either didn't have have enough or they at least didn't have a a lot. So they always seemed to, you know, be in a constant struggle to get food. And Almanzo had really the opposite experience. They were really, um, well, pretty well off farmers. They always had... um, Food and Elmanzo goes into great and loving detail about all the different kinds that they had. There were pound cake. I really love that story, which is actually too true that they started out back when people went more by um, mass weight instead of by volume for cooking. Uh, the pound cakes really were a pound of most ingredients. Um. And the popcorn story is interesting, uh, even though that one isn't true, that uh, it was the Native Americans who brought popcorn into the first Thanksgiving. Actually, popcorn didn't really hit the East Coast until about 1840. Uh, then, uh, And then another great story is... The taffy pull because they tried to make the taffy in the uh, summer when their folks weren't there. And I don't know if anybody has ever tried to have a taffy pull. Uh, the taffy is very good, but it is extremely messy, and it really needs that cold temperature to set up. Uh, you really do. It, you really do have to kind of pull it and pull it and pull it, and then have it someplace cold. It's really hot when you are pulling it though and you really do have to butter your hands like they they say. I have no idea why that works but it really does help with the heat and allow you to be able to do it. And that kind of um, candy, I'm sure it probably did stick a a pet pig's mouth uh, shut. And I really think that it's great that his uh, that Elmanzo's little pet growing up was that pig Lucy. Um, you know, a lot of times there are more expected uh, pets in a family, like uh, dogs or cats or something. But on a farm, sometimes you get kind of unusual pets, like Elmanzo had Lucy that he was kind of uh, spoiling and having him having it follow him around and all that. And I never had a pig do that for me, but I did have a bottle lamb. Uh, and he would follow me right along on my heels like a dog. And it's just it's just extremely cute. I just love tootles to death. And I think uh, Lucy probably was a similar situation for Elmanzo. And I just want to make sure that if anybody out there is waiting to call in, this would be a perfect time to do it. The toll-free number is 1-877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. And uh, feel free to call in at any time. And I hope somebody out there has got some nice Manzo stories that they want to share. So another thing that uh, people really think about when you talk about Elmanzo is the horses, and especially Morgan horses. Morgan horses are a particular breed. They are one that was actually developed in America. You can track it back to a man named Justin Morgan, who had the first identified member of this breed. Uh, that um, was a horse named Figures, who uh, was then wildly bred to the area because he had the benefits of being both a very pretty, showy animal. He had speed. It was not, it was very pretty. You could, put it in front of your buggy on Sunday and and take it to church and it would look like it belonged there. But it was also very, very strong and was good at doing um, sort of more mundane chores. So you could hook a Morgan to a farm cart or to a fancy buggy. You could ride it um, through a lot of different conditions in the saddle. And Morgans were just very good all around uh an all-around or breed of horses and they were very popular and they still are and it was that kind of horse that uh father wilder raised and that Laura or uh, Laura first had when they were married it can be very hard uh, gentling a horse just as as they describe in Farmer Boy, uh, because really when you're gentling them down, they really can have very high spirits. And so it's kind of important to be very quiet and to be very patient. And I really can see why that was something that Almanzo really would excel at Cause if, uh, because I think those were true characteristics of him later as well that he was very quiet and very patient and I could and uh I'm sure he was very very good at horses and it's kind of nice at Malone today they have uh quite often they work with a, a local Morgan organization and on their special event days they will have actual Morgans back on the Wilder Farm, and I'd really love to get there for one of their events so that I could see that, too. I think uh, I want to give the number one more time here. So if anybody is waiting to call in, we have now gone completely through the first half of the episode. Uh, So if you are waiting until you think there's a good time to call, this is it. So call in at one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. 633 9389. That's 139389. And the next thing I'd like to talk a little bit about is Elmanzo's name. And on the TV show, the NBC series, they always uh pronounce it Elmanzo instead of Elmanzo. And I don't think anybody is really sure where that came from. Uh, I've asked Dean Butler about it, and he had really no idea. I don't think he realized it was an issue until he got involved at the fans at the home sites. Um, but, it, I mean, it really was, his, his name was El Manzo. And if you just think about it, if his nicknames are Manny and Manly, that kind of is implying there's an A there and an A sound. But there's also a recording of one recording of Laura's voice, and she says quite distinctly, El Manzo. So that is how you really say it. Now, um, the TV show did come with that El Manzo thing. I'm not sure if it was because they thought it sounded like Alonzo, and that was sort of how you'd pronounce a. Similar name, or another possibility is they could have gotten it from the uh, Hallmark radio program that was um, the one of the which was dedicated to the book, The Long Winter, and they did an episode of it for this radio play, and. Aubrey Sherwood bought the rights and that was really how they started doing the pageant in Desmet was off of this play. But if you listen to a recording of it, that was the first place other than the NBC T V series that I ever heard El Manzo's name pronounced Elmanzo. So I'm not sure if somehow Michael Landon heard that and he thought that was really how he said it. I don't know if maybe I don't know, maybe there is an Almanzo name out there somewhere that he knew about that I've never run into. I mean, it's just kind of a mystery where that came from. But uh, we've gotten Dean Butler convinced, and when he's talking about the real person, he says Almanzo now, which I think is just great, and uh, was one of the questions that they answered this summer at the 40th, uh, anniversary reunion show and I think it's really one of the most interesting questions I um, that they answered because I just find that whole story and where it came from very interesting and I wish I had a better solution for it. And uh, I wanted to spend a little time tonight talking a little bit about those places where Elmanzo lived and the one where he was born was the James Wilder Farm, which is, as I say, partway between Burke, New York, and Malone, New York. Uh, The reason that we tend to think of it as being part of Malone, even though it's a little closer to Burke, is because that was where the post office box was for many years, and because that's the town they talk about visiting in the Farmer Boy book. Now, It is an interesting one of the home sites to visit. First, let me warn you, it is a long drive down a two-lane road from anywhere. But it's worth it. It was a site that got a fairly late start. Uh, It wasn't until the 80s that they were really able to secure it as a historic site and for a museum. But they did a very nice job First, they brought an archaeological team in. They were able to use them to determine where the actual buildings were located, where the porches were around the houses. Around the house, started out with having a real good body of information. Added to that, they had uh, an, a real focus on not just doing the house. And that's one thing that I would say a lot of the Laura sites do is focus on the house. When really, if you have an active farm, the barn or what's being used as sort of a cow shed, stable kind of thing, is just as important as the house to the well-being and the actions of it. So I think it's really important to have those barns or if they didn't really have a full barn there as, you know, a, a stable, cow shed kind of thing there, I think it's just as much an important part of the story as the house is. So I was very glad to see the um see the that they had rebuilt the barns and the outbuildings there. I think it really uh gives you a sense of a much better sense of what it was really like for Almanzo to live there and so I really have to give them um, do and they've done an extremely nice job in setting it up and I just uh, am very pleased with the result I enjoyed my trip there I hope I get a chance to go back now from there the Wilder family ended up in Spring Valley Minnesota They ended up buying um, Mother Wilder's uncle's farm, and that is where that farm is still there today. It's very close to the edge of Spring Valley, but it is still a a rural farm-designated area. The house was torn down in the 1920s. The barn, it's a horse-style barn, is believed be the one that was there when the wilders were there they um they're supposed to be though i personally have, have never made it on the property so and it is private property and the current owner really doesn't want people coming on to the property so um don't try but i've i have talked to people who uh, are had gotten official permission from him to go in and look, and there was an AJW carved somewhere in the barn. So they they think that this was the barn that was there when the the Wilder family was, and so you can see that still today it was uh, standing. There's uh, most of the rest of the farm is gone, but the very year that Lauren O'Manzo were there, they had opened a new church, a new Methodist church. And so that Methodist church is now the Laura Ingles Wilder site in in Spring Valley. So it's not just Laura, though they have done an excellent job of taking everything that they could find about Laura and Almanzo and Almanzo's family around that area and putting it together in one place for um to have a display on the the Wilder family as a whole, they've done a very nice job with that. Of course, there's also uh, it's it's also the county museum, so there's different different things and artifacts from all over the county showing different stories. But uh, it has that nice con- nice uh, connection and display on El Manzo. From there, uh, where the next place Elmanzo settled for a long time was Dismet, And And uh, while the Ingalls homestead is now a place where you can come and visit, Elmanzo's homestead is out the other side of town. And it's also his tree claim. Now, there are uh, a few very spindly trees left that are, we think, either the remains or the descendants of the remains of some of the trees Elmanzo planted. And those are right near the Elmanzo Wilder Airport, also north of Dismet. And it would be really nice, uh or it it really a lot of the story in Desmet focuses on the Ingalls as far as the story that the historic homes tell and the interactive features tell. It's really a lot on the English side of it, but there was a strong Wilder presence there, too, uh, besides Elmanzo, Royal, and Eliza Jane were there. They, um, all three of them homesteaded, and and although Eliza Jane didn't stay too terribly long, he really would have had a pretty... um, long experience in Dismet on his own before he started courting Laura. So I really think that would be an interesting story to add too. As you get thinking about it for one reason or another, it is interesting to try and see, if you try and make one of the other people in the story the point of view character, it is interesting to see how the, the story had changed and and the things that get left out and things that maybe would be places where it would be nice to add a little bit more information well i can't say that tonight was a success as far as getting people to call in and um i'm really sorry about that i thought we might get at least one caller but it is a friday night and I did make a decision that we wanted to have the birthday parties on the actual days. Now, that's um, limited, I think, a little bit caller um, interaction. And um, and I think maybe if it was a different day of the week, we might get a little bit more response. So, I'm going to go ahead, and I think I will probably try this again next year, but if... Uh, don't get any more response than this, then I think we'll call it a failed experiment. Uh, I thank you, though, for listening to our um, Almanza Wilder birthday party, and I hope that if we have one of these, or when we definitely have the Laura one next year, you will consider calling in because I really think that it's really nice to hear from some of you directly, too. As far as upcoming programs, as I mentioned, I'm going to be doing a trial program, and then I'm going to be doing a World Read Aloud program on March 3rd. So looking forward to seeing you there, and until then, I'm going to urge all of you to brighten the corner where you are. Happy birthday, (laughs) Elmanzo!
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to